What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Come with me if you want to live. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. The Force will be with you. Always. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 20th Century Geek. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and we are back on the Sylvester Stallone train. And as always, to talk about action movies, who else can I bring on this Stallone train other than Max Byrne? Max, how are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm brilliant, Scott. Thanks for having me on yet again to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, the great Sylvester Stallone, with two more wonderful films from his uh, catalogue. I can't wait to talk about these two. Thanks for having me on again. No, thanks for doing it. I mean, you're right, because we, we sort of covered his 80s, some some hidden gems from his 80s back catalogue with Nighthawks and Cobra in the last episode. So if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. We go talk about those underrated films and sort of give our opinion on those. And we're jumping into the 90s with, I think at least one of these is probably a bit more of a mainstay. I think people reference like Cliffhanger in particular a lot more. But we're also going to talk about Daylight. Uh, which I think is a massively underrated film. Like, I really enjoy Daylight. Um, and so we're going to talk about these two films. So let's jump in. We shall start in chronological order, as always. 1993, uh, Cliffhanger. So, Max, give us your first thoughts on Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger is a thoroughly entertaining action film. I mean, for a film that's 28, is it 20? yeah, 28 yeah. years old this year, it, there are elements of it that date and everything in this era we live in now of this sort of the, the Mission Impossible era with the, the wonderful, yeah. you know, if it was Tom Cruise doing it, he'd be, you know, throwing himself off the mountains and, and what have you. But for its age, it really does age really well, I think. The, the cinematography is fantastic and, the, and the, some of the shots they get of, of the actual actors on the side of, of mountain faces and things. It's really good, you know, in pre-CGI times. Well, very primitive CGI times, yeah. I should say, at this point. Very primitive. Um, it works really well. I think it stands up great. It's, it's just, you know, you don't have to think too much about it. You can just go in and enjoy it. It's two hours, or just shy of two hours. Great story. Some really good actors in, in mm-hmm. the cast as well, which we'll get to. Really good supporting cast. Great cast of villains as well. It's good. It's a really good film. Did you find it stood up to the sort of test oh, of time? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think this film really does stand up to the test of time. And for, for, for key reasons, like you say, is the amount of practical effects they've done in this is is so good. Like, you know, I, I had a quick look at it. And like you said, there's a bit of blue screen in some places and understandable. But yeah, not to be topped by, like you say, the amount of shots that clearly are on the side of a cliff face like Stallone did like you know a lot of the stunts and they went out and did stuff uh, on on cliff faces on the top of mountains so that I applaud like you know it, it stands up it's impressive to watch it's beautiful to watch like some of the cinematography in this is really good uh, and the action direction from Rennie Harlan um stands up as well I'm a big fan of Rennie Harlan um around this time we also did uh, Long Kiss Goodnight um Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis, so I'm a big fan of that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I, th- I think um, this film really stands up. Um, the other thing as well to note is, like, this was a big film for Stallone. Like, he'd had a bit of a run of not quite stinkers, 
but like you know from 1990 rocky five um oscar stop and my mom will shoot <laughs> yeah yeah so he, he wasn't sort of hitting that sort of i think you know at that point there was, there was that thing and so this really gets him back on that action train um and you know it's a really good um you know so it's a proper sort of milestone for in that in that sense and as you say the cast in this are great even there's even some surprises for for for, for any english viewers of our age i suppose and that may have been watching uh, daily soaps or at least weekly soaps at the time because only get sort of you get Sylvester Stallone, you've got Michael Rooker, you've got uh John Lithgow, you've then got Gr- Craig Fairbrass. <laughs> yes, yes. Cockney legend Craig Fairbrass. <laughs> yeah, EastEnders, um, you know, uh from the 90s, sort of like, yeah. And I often forget he's in this. And then when he pops up, I'm like, oh yeah, like you you're in this. That's quite cool. So um, yeah, no, it, it, it's a it's a cracking film, you know, it's an overview. It's it, I can see why. Well, no. You know, it's one of those that's like I think it should be appreciated more. Um, I do think people should talk about it more. Um and because it is such a good film, but I don't I, I sometimes wonder like people don't seem to talk about it often. Or at least it's dropped off the radar, which I think is strange. Yeah, I mean it's not sort of a you know, a quote unquote household name yeah. kind of film, is it? You know, and certainly when people talk about Salon, obviously they default to the the blockbuster franchises, yeah, yeah. the, the Rockies, Rambo, I suppose, I suppose in Maurice Santi, Expendables as mm. well, you know, those are things that people know him for. And then, you know, you talk about other Stallone films, then it tends to come up in conversation. But I, I think for me, it hits all everything you're looking for in a, in a 90s action film or, or just in an action film in general, really, you know, it's got something of a, of a story and um you know he, he's quite you know his character isn't completely one-dimensional which i suppose we'll get to you know they, this character does does fail especially in the opening mm-hmm. quite har- quite harrowing opening scene oh, yeah. in this film which every time i watch it my palms start to sweat um it's quite something um but yeah and uh, you know it has it has it all it's you know mostly good performances uh, mm. again when we talk about the only scene there is one stinker of a performance in that opening scene which will <laughs> will uh, i'll divulge in, in a second but um yeah but it, yeah it, it's it's a really good film it's it's yeah. got loads of great stunts and explosions and decent one-liners a fantastic mustache twirling villain in the shape of john lithgow who goes very big in yeah. his performance <laughs> he knows what he, he knows what it is doesn't he when he's he's playing this part lithgow he, yeah. he knows he's getting well paid it's a blockbuster movie and you know this is not shakespeare in the park so he, he goes he goes big style with his he with really his performance. does he, he's, he does, he's yeah. one of my favorite John Lithgow is just one of those actors that throughout throughout some of my younger life, like he was just he just popped up, you know. And I, I don't think I knew who he was. Like I always think of like this film. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Santa Claus the movie. Yeah, yes, uh, the, that, yeah, yeah, with with Dudley Moore and that, like you know, and a couple of things. And then sort of it wasn't until Third Rock, Third Rock from the Sun, mm. which is like an, an, I think a late nineties sort of uh, sitcom that I really got to know. Him. And then whenever he pops up in things now, I'm just like, yes, I just like John Lithgow. Like he's just a really good presence in so many things. So, yeah, he's great in this. And yeah. the, the one thing as well is this: that you say about the plot of this film. This film sort of falls into that early '90s die-hard inner, you know, sort <laughs> oh, of yeah, <laughs> honor mountain. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, yeah. honor. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah it's sort of um, this, this very much falls into that sort of die-hard trope of. Um, you know, the underdog against a sort of a, a ter- not terrorist 
in this case. It's sort of, uh, it's thieves that are after money. Thieves, yeah. 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 So it, it, it falls into that. And I think is, I'm not going to complain. I like that formula. Um, but it very much does that. But more than um, some of those others, um, you know, and they're not going to ever diss Die Hard because I think that sort of gives enough backstory. This this film at least tries to give you not only a bit of a setup but a backstory as well to try and give those characters a little bit of dimension. Not not much, but go on. Here's a, you you were talking before about the opening scene of this film. Yes. So first first and foremost, let's just have a quick chat about it, and then you can divulge the stinker that you <laughs> the performance. Yeah. So the opening the opening scene of this film, the opening ten minutes or so, is set eight months in the past because after this mm. opening scene little caption pops up saying eight months later which is where the rest of the film takes place so this prologue if you will is a is a, a scene in the past where you get you know stallone and his sort of best friend and co co-mountain rescuer played by the wonderful michael rucker mm. uh stallone is gabe walker and hal tucker is uh, rucker's character love and- i love these action hero names yeah, Love them. yeah, Go on. yeah. <laughs> Tucker and Walker. Yeah, um, yeah. So Hal has, has gone, I guess, on his day off, has gone taking his girlfriend Sarah up climbing up a mountain, and they've got stuck up there because Hal's blown his knee out, and so obviously Stallone and his co-workers have to go and get them down. You know, mm. they're not, they're not, they're not, they're dying, but they're up there stuck. So you know, he has to go and rescue them, and and, and that leads to that wonderful opening shot where the camera pans round this sort mm. of really high, narrow, I guess you call it a mountain that they're on the top of. It's just well, a really it, narrow column, a, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a column of rock, isn't it, that they've climbed I know. up? It's, I know. I, I wasn't entirely sure how you'd get down from that in the first place, or climb yeah. up it for that matter. I'm in That's, no shape to be climbing that. No, it's insane. <laughs> but the, the way the, the, the sort of helicopter shot pans around this, and you see sat on top of it, it's clearly Michael Rucker sat there. Oh, yeah. And the, I, I, I don't know the actress's name that plays Sarah, she's not really in it long enough for me to, <laughs> to uh, look her up. But um, it's clearly them sat there. Yeah. It's not stunt doubles and it's not CGI. They're clearly sat on that. So how, you know, that just boggles my mind that they would sit there with the flare waiting for, for um, Gabe to show up. And obviously we get this scene where you know, he has to. They have, they have the chopper pilot Frank and, mm-hmm. and Jesse, who's who you discover is Stallone's girlfriend, and they sort of park the chopper on top of another uh, sort of peak, if you will, and they run a rescue line across. And Stallone, having climbed up to the top to meet um, Hal, they have to sort of rappel across yeah. the. You, you, you talk. So you talk about the sort of the shot, the the, the Spanish, and again, because there's, there's quite a few of those in that film. They do some really fantastic photography in it. Mm. But in, in addition to Michael Rooker being sat in there, there is a shot that it pans round and it's of Stallone climbing up a rock face, like, you know, yeah. almost sort of, like, you know, upside down and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty, that's pretty damn impressive. Um, it is, isn't it? It's, and it's like, there's, there's no, I mean, maybe they've digitally removed the ropes or something like that. Could they even do that in those days? I really don't know. Don't know. But it's, they're literally hanging off, aren't they? It's quite something, really. Mm. You know, Cruz would be proud, I think. Um, but yeah, so you get the, obviously they have to repel across this thing. So Rucker goes across safe and sound and then it's his girlfriend's turn while Sly is going to be the last to go over. And obviously as she's halfway, her sort of buckle on her harness just basically snaps for no no apparent reason. <laughs> and she's basically going to fall to her impending doom. So, mm. you know, Sly ignores what Rucker suggests because there's no time for uh, anything else. Yeah, Sly just basically repels out on the line to try and, 
right, lift her off by hand. And there's this wonderful shot of Rooker uh, on the other end of the um, wire, sort of sat on this sort of lip of the chopper going, don't you drop a man, don't you drop a game and all this. And the old geezer, the chopper pilot, Frank, I think he's called, who's obviously a, like their co-worker, he's sort of stood next to Michael Rooker. And if, if you watch it, I, I implore everyone to watch it, this shot. Like it's just like serious shit. Like this, this poor girl is about to die, and it's Rooker's girlfriend. So Rooker's like, "Oh my god, don't drop a game, don't drop it!" And Frank is laughing literally. If you, if you, if, <laughs> I've never noticed that. Seriously, seriously, watch the shot. When we finish recording this, just go back yeah. and watch that scene. I beg you, please. Frank is literally like he, he must have not realized what the scene was, or the direction wasn't there, or he didn't realize the camera's role. He maybe thought it was a rehearsal, like blocking shot, mm-hmm. you know, set, camera setups or maybe that was all they had and he's literally like going <laughs> like this like, like literally laughing and smiling this old guy it's, it's bonkers I've, I've spotted oh, that the I've very never... first time I watched it and every time yeah. I watch it since I wait for it I have to point it out to my half every time I just say look at that and she's well, like I will, oh, God, I will every check, time I will check that out straight away after <laughs> and I, pl- I implore everybody listening to this to go and check it out that's amazing I've never spotted that I'll have to check that it, out it, Please do, everyone do. You, you'll be glad you did. Um, but it's not, on a more serious note, it's a good scene because it, mm. you know, it's a tragic opening and sets up the tale for eight months later where, you know, they've, Hal can't possibly forgive him because he blames him for a death and, and Gabe sort of lost his edge and, on his nerve for climbing mountains. So was, you know, decamped somewhere else, like working elsewhere. I can't remember where he says he's working. So, you know, they're in sort of, at odds with each other, but obviously the, the narrative of the film brings them sort of through necessity yeah. having to work together again and obviously rekindling that respect and friendship by the end of the film. But um, what an opening scene, eh? That is it intense. Is, it is. And that, that moment, because like you say, that scene, it's, it does, it's like, like you say, damp palms time with all some of that stuff. But the moment that he's holding on to her mm. and he's off that repelling line and like you see that like, it's slipping and then yeah. she goes, like it makes my stomach drop. Like, because again, practical effects. Like, I'm assuming it's not a person. Like, mm. I'm assuming it's a dummy or something. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they sh- they show a body dropping, and you do you sort of like, that's a long way down. That is, yeah, know, it's yeah. it's it's really well done. And like I say, it sets up this film. Like I say, it's um, I like the fact that it shows not tells because I say other films could have gone. That's an expensive shot. Do you know what? We're not going to tell you that. We'll just have it in dialogue later and we'll let you know why they're at odds or whatever yeah but um and the other thing is what well, it sort of sets up the tone of the film that you get like if that's the opening like you know what else what else are they gonna do in this film um yeah. and Absolutely, so yeah, yeah it really does set it up really nicely i think um, yeah, it does. It establishes sly as a, as someone who's failed as well and and, and her, her death sort of looms large over him and he can't forgive he can't forgive himself let alone be yes. forgiven by everyone else and you know it kind of adds a bit of weight to his character really rather yeah, exactly. than being yes, al- yeah. alpha male mountain climber jacked up kind of guy you know who who can't lose he, you know he loses in the worst way at the very start of the film so it you know it gives his character a bit a little bit more depth wouldn't you say yeah that's it i think you you, you see that he is decisive like you know not i wouldn't say impulsive that, that might be sort of, you know, but he's decisive. He's like, no, this is the only way we've got to do it. I've got to go do this. He makes a bad call and it, it you know, doesn't pan out. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that, like I said, this is early 90s. I think, we, you know, we're going, we're, we're sort of coming out of the sort of alpha s- super action hero. 
Mm. You know, that we're going into the sort of like the more, you know, the, the more real, you know, this is the, you, like you say, he failed. He's not like, the, he's not like the rogue mountain climber that always gets it done no matter what kind of thing. Like, mm. no, it went wrong and he's got to deal with that. And it comes back to play later on. Um, and, and, sure and, does, yeah. and, and I like the fact, like you say, that it, it, it then builds up those relationships and those moments of tension, especially between him and Rooker. And Rooker, I think Rooker's really good in this. He's excellent, yeah. Um, and you know, there's several scenes later on. Like, there's one where they've got Rooker, and he's, you know, they're sort of playing on the sort of um, the older sort of like, you know, their, their sort of relationship and sort of like in not so much an in joke, but in, in, in sort of inside baseball kind of knowledge of sort of things and stuff like, you know, like calling a sort of calling something for them to, to his, you know, he knows what he's talking about, but like not take him literally and what he's saying, but yeah, all that sort of plays out really well. Cause you've seen this opening scene, you've got that knowledge of where they've got, where, they, where they've come from. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just, it's just, it's an opener. It's a real grabber. And the other thing is it allows you then the time to build up to the, to the rest. Yeah. Um, because then you sort of get um, the other half of the the other half of the sort of the scenario is uh, the the I'm not even sure where, where the money I can't remember where the money's come from. It's not it's irrelevant really. It's a large quantity of money and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, it's a hundred million dollars being transferred from the U.S. Treasury, isn't it? Yeah. It's in it's in useless bills that you can't yeah. spend. Mm. But if you have the right contacts or something you could move it somehow you could, you could bank it basically that was yeah, yeah, turn it in, yeah. It's, it's sort of i think it's basically turn it from paper money into non-paper money and that way they can sort yeah. of they can use it yeah but the whole thing seems irrelevant because basically it's it's a setup for them to to lose the money because yeah. it's you get you're getting to you get you you so you've had the, the climbing thing and you're now getting this mid-air heist <laughs> It's really good as well. Yeah. You know, those are those are that's a genuine line attached yeah, to those two planes. Again, not CGI. No, we are back to these practical effects and these two planes and this whole sort of setup. Yeah, and it's really well done. Again, and you're just like you know, and it it, it goes pear shaped, and they lose the money, and it falls <laughs> into the mountain, and they've got to go after it. Um, but like in its that could have been a film like in and of itself. You know, yeah. Passenger Fifty Seven or Air Force One, one of those other sort of you know on a plane kind of sort of scenarios, um, and so yeah, but like in this, but what's funny is when I was watching it this time, the thing that sprang to mind was the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, the opening scene. Yeah, yeah, and everyone goes mad for that. Oh, it was filmed in IMAX. It looks really cool. And, I, and, and but watching this, I was like, Rennie Harlan beat them to it. <laughs> like yeah, to twenty years before and yeah, to a really cool. Um, like a really cool sort of mid-air heist so I, I was really impressed with that I, I often forget like little bits in this film like oh yeah that happens um so and again it's like it's not even one of the things i say about the plane heist and, the, and a lot of this film is sort of not only is it really cool stunt work you know that, that it's all practical you see the stuff going on is um some of the like you know this i think it's only like a 15 over here but the violence in this film is pretty in your face, like it's all quite close quarters, and that shooting yeah. on the plane, all the other stuff, it's 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 not was it brutal or bloody, but it's pretty like it's efficient and in your face. Um, yeah, and definitely. so yeah. But what are your thoughts on the, the the plane heist though? You know anything else? I think it's great because I 
it's easy to say it now because I've watched it Christ knows how many times over the last 28 <laughs> years, but that the, at first you don't think the, the turncoat treasury um, agent Travers is mm. the one who's going to be the, the, the inside man. You think it's the guy who they've just introduced to literally yes. joining the plane. There's this outside man who does, who's not part of the team who comes, I think he comes from the FBI or something like this, uh, uh, whatever he is. And, and they you get, they get introduced before, introduced to him before the flight yeah and they're all like mm, who's this guy you know and then he's the first one to pull a gun when they sort of hijack a plane starts mm. to appear so you th- and he says right i'm taking control of this plane so you you think initially he's the one who's going to start gunning everyone down and then seemingly out of nowhere travers kills his two <laughs> friends and co-workers yeah. and then kills him and then obviously the pilot's in on it as well mm. um so it's quite a quite a shocking scene because you really don't see that coming um but it is—it's quite cool, obviously, with the the, the way they they, tra- they transfer the, these three massive, like, bulky like, yeah. cases full of bills across on this washing line, if you will, from one plane to yeah. the other, and then one of them—you know—they have to repel across it as well to get to the um, get to the other plane. But it's very cool. It's tense because you think yeah. those, those you think those cases are going to go. Something's going to yeah. go wrong. Yeah, you know. Um, but it, it works really well. It works yeah. really well, and you know you get to obviously see what a ruthless kind of guy Rook, uh, Rooker uh, Lifko's character is, Eric Quaylen, yeah. where, where one of his guys takes because uh, obviously the the guy who you think's the the wrong the inside man who isn't you think he's dead, but then he gets up and manages to sort of take their plane out with mm. his machine gun, and one of the um, the villains get shot and lift goes like we need to get into a hospital fast and just chucks him off the plane yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the quickest way straight yeah. down 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 he'll go down um, um but he is it, it just establishes him and you know you get to meet his his crew of his color colorful cast of, of diverse characters yes in, in in that crew you know with obviously mm-hmm. we've talked about the uh, the wonderful craig fairbrass then you've got the guy out of who was the guy at Cool Runnings as well? Who's the um, yes. the, Jama- the Jamaican character yeah. in the uh, in the cruise? A, a real piece of work as well. Uh, the the woman, the English lady. Um, I'm never quite sure whether Lifgow is trying to play. Is he supposed to be an Englishman himself? The accents, are the, the accents are a little all over the place. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. It's almost like he's gone. Well, you know, uh, all these other villains have been European, so I shall be general sort of maybe european but it's something like that yeah i don't know it's it's really yeah. unclear they never established because they when they sort of know it's him they go yeah he's like former military intelligence mm. and he's a ruthless guy and he's this he's that but they never actually say where he's from you know but i always think with lifgo himself his, his accent it has although he has an american accent of course the way he speaks almost has like a, a an almost english yes. twang to Eloquent. it just, just yeah. he has a very eloquent talking voice yes. it, 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 on and off camera and he almost it almost is like a quasi english american mm. accent he has isn't it yeah no yeah i agree with that actually and he, he plays yeah. it up you know in, the, in all these other roles um but yeah, he's so fun to watch. But you're right. It's, I love the fact that like, within the sort of what within the first like twenty minutes, probably, yeah, you've had like the opening scene with this, you know, with this this tragic accident that's happened that sort of establishes um, the relationships that come later in the film, and then you've got this mid-air heist. And like I say, so this this film really does belt at a pace, because um, then obviously then it moves on to. Right now, we've got to find these bags because the bags sort of fall. They've all got trackers on them, so basically they're trying to track them. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we can't traverse these mountains. We need someone to 
to help us do it. We need these mountain yeah. trackers. And so they, they yeah. call in a false um, call for, for rescue. And basically Michael Rook is the one that's going to go up um, to, to sort of follow the call. Then it all goes a bit pear-shaped. And, and then they're sort of... So, uh, it, it's, it's all this... It comes like a... What I like to do is movie coincidences. It's like we, <laughs> we have the main hero and now we have to have him sort of like roll into the action at some point. Um, yeah, he just happens to be back in town after eight months to come, yeah. come and collect the rest of his shit and yes. try and get his girlfriend to come back with him, you know. Just just happens to be there on that day, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get the series yeah. of coincidences and then you sort of get Stallone on the mountain and that's when sort of like the action starts to kick off. But no, 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 not kick off, because again, like just carry on. Like, you know, because um, you do get like a series of stunts. You get two guys that are sort of like base jumping off mountains and... Um, get shot to fuck later on, which is really sort of like you know. Again, like I forget. I sometimes forget that. And then, this time watching, I was like, "Oh yeah, like you two are like fodder in this film, like you guys." Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when they go up on the mountain and stuff like that, it becomes. I wasn't a slightly different film, but like I, the tone doesn't change. But like you say, it takes that turn to becoming that sort of like the diehard sort of uh, film. Was everything set up? And now it's the chase. Um, yeah. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the sort of the setup of getting them onto the mountains? Does it work for you or is it a bit too? Uh, no, it does, it does work because obviously there's, there has to be a practical reason for them mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. to be there. And obviously, like you said, they, they can't, these villains can't go mountain climbing with no mountain climbing gear and no mountain climbing expertise or knowledge yeah. of the mountain or knowledge of the mountains themselves. So it works. I mean, obviously it's tenuous that um, Sloan would be there and would be quite easily persuaded into to join in as well, despite he's despite saying, no, I'm Dawn and I've lost, I've lost my nerve. I'm mm. Dawn. Uh, he hates me, wants to kill me anyway. And at one point he actually holds him, doesn't he? When they, when they first meet, which is the first time in eight months, Rooker holds him yeah. over the end, edge of the cliff and someone's like, do it. If you want to do it, do it, you know? Uh, but obviously he think, he says, no, you, you live with it. You live with it because he hates him that much. He doesn't, he thinks, you know, killing him would sort of Too free easy. him from his guilt. Yeah, yeah. Live, live with the guilt the rest of your life, you know? Um, but no, it, it's, it's a plausible reason. I mean, it, I suppose one could say that these sort of, you know, you've got Lifko's character, Quaylen, who's this, you know, crack military intelligence. Psych- he is a psychopath, but, you know, he's supposed to be like a genius operator. And you've got these crack mercenaries mm. who are obviously with him there for their payday. They, they do seem to get quite easily overpowered by <laughs> Stallone every time he has to come up against one of them. And, you know, he's, he's obviously a tough, big, jacked up guy. Of course he is. He's sliced alone. But at the end of the day, he's a mountain rescue guy. He's not a you know, he's not a trained mm. fighter or, you know, they don't sort of throw in some backstory that he was, an, you know, he's an expert in martial arts or anything like this or ex-Navy, ex-Navy SEAL or that's something. The other, that's the thing yeah. I was going to say. That's the thing yeah. that always seems missing to me. Like, because there's a scene later on, um, quite a bit later on, I think it's when he takes out like the Jamaican guy and he sort of hides under the snow mm. in a crevice, you know, and then he sort of pulls him through and does all that sort of thing. I was like, that's very John Rambo. Mm. which is fine because yeah. it looks cool but like i say a lot of these a lot of these guys like you say whenever you watch these films you know they usually look just like they've got like some military training like he was in special forces he was in the seals he was in he's yeah. an army ranger there's something but in this it's yeah. just like no he's just a really good climber yeah <laughs> yet he sort of becomes an absolute badass later on yeah um, yeah 
It's uh, you have to suspend your disbelief, you, I suppose. You do. And, you? and I'm happy to do that. It is just a sort of like it's almost like a little nitpick that. And the reason I'm nitpicking is because so much, so much of this film is is good. Like I'm enjoying yeah. everything, but it is it's, it's, it's it. I think as you sort of become more sort of used to these kinds of films, you sort of expect it because they've got to give, especially more as you get into the nineties, they've got to ju- give a justification as to why all of a sudden this this fire chief or this postman, I don't know, is all of a sudden like yeah. a badass. I mean, the only other example I can think of is another diehard, you know, diehard inner, uh, is um, Sudden Death. Oh, yeah, Van Damme, yeah. Van Damme. And it's in that, it's sort of like, you know, he's a fire chief or he's a fire marshal or something in that. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, but he was also in the he was in the military for this and this. It sort of gives that, you know, you go, oh, okay, I'm fine with it then. You know, you, you've given me enough justification to accept why, you know, he's an absolute badass with all these weapons. Um, yeah. They could have maybe slipped in, oh, you know, served in Nam or something like that. But yeah, overall, it's irrelevant. It doesn't, it's not a massive thing. It just, it just watching it this time, I was a bit like, oh, yeah, that sort of becomes a cliche down yeah. the line that, you know, yeah. hasn't quite formed yet. No, um, no. He does manage to cheat death on multiple occasions, though, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. the, the, when they send him after the first place, they take his jacket and gear off him and make him climb the, the snowy mountain in just a T-shirt. I mean, and he somehow manages to make it to this cabin in just a mm. T-shirt to rendezvous with his with his other half, Jesse, I think her name is. And he would have, fro- he would have frozen <laughs> to death. Yeah. And then there's another point where he ends up going under the ice in the frozen water with no top on, uh, yeah. just, just bare-chested and, you know, Manages to sort of come out of that with no long-lasting uh, adverse yeah. effects as well. I love, you know. I, I, love, I love the fact that when he does climb up with the t-shirt as well, because yeah. again, it's all great. Like it's a great tense moment. Like he finds yeah. the shack and he breaks in, and he is he's sort of shivering, and they've got him there, and he's wet, and he's sort of like, no, she puts something around him to try and sort of warm him up a bit. And what he does, he smashes the glass and pulls out a jumper. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's and all I, he wears for the rest of the film. No coat. Yeah. No, no coat. And I'm not even entirely yeah. sure he dries at any point because he's still <laughs> so you're like, all right. But again, like you say, I'm I'm fine with it. It's you know, it's a bit silly, but it, it's fine. Um because yeah. th- this film comes th- what this film comes down to for me is, is the stunts. As, as you Brilliant. get into the film, like you see the stuff, and again, like um, you know, I can you can, you can call them out. Like some of it's set, like, I think when you see him climbing that the side of that mountain with the snow, obviously, because they wouldn't do that in a real mountain face and those sorts of bits and the end bit where he goes into water um yeah you know they're clearly sexy and they look like yeah. Sex. Yeah. and again like you know you're fine i don't want them to risk stallone's life for a shot <laughs> that's fine yeah but the one i love which is all done outside and clearly is done somewhere on a mountaintop i assume because he's got the mountains all behind it is the bridge yeah the blowing up of the uh the rope bridge yes yeah um which is all over the trailer, like, you know, and you watch it. And it, but it's again, it's one of these shots where, and I, I, you know, I'm not sure who did the cinematography for this, and I'd have to call them out at some point. But, um, you know, with Rennie Harlan, obviously the director, mm. whenever they get a chance to really show off the surrounding, to go, oh, just, just so you know, we're on the top of the world. Yeah, and they do these like panning shots, and you just, you just see over the edge of a cliff, and you've got the the, the cliffs that in the distance constantly doing that and you're just like yeah no this shot is amazing like it looks really good um and then that sort of shit it's like shot with the with the bridge um yeah it's yeah, it so does, well done 
Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, the, the film's full of those kind of great shots. I mean, it's supposed to be in the, the like the rock, the Colorado Rockies or something like that, but it was actually filmed in Italy, this film, the majority of it anyway. Oh, was it? All, all the mountain stuff was filmed in, um, a, a, I don't know which range in, in Italy, but that's where it was filmed. Um, the majority of it anyway, obviously, like you said, there's some set stuff and things like this, which probably would have been shot shot in a soundstage and that but yeah yeah all the all the outdoor stuff is in it is an italian mountain range but obviously you you know it's not too uh sort of distinguished from any other so you buy no. that it's supposed to be it's, in colorado and what it's, it's rocky and snowy it'll do i think that's sort of yeah. I, I, it, I didn't know it was in italy it looks perfectly you know more than acceptable to me just gonna yeah. call that cinematographer was a gentleman called Tom, uh, alex thompson well Bravo to Alec Thompson is all I can say. Yeah. I mean, he is. I'll have to see what else he's done, and you know, I'm just bet. looking now. So just yeah. just to call out. So he did other notable films. He actually did um, Demolition Man same year. Ah, right. Yeah, uh, and Alien Three. But he, he also oh. did like the, the Craze with um, oh the, the twins. Oh, the Ke- the Kemp brothers. Yeah, Kemp brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, series of things in there. Yeah, Le- Legend, uh, Labyrinth. Wow. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot a of good stuff. Career. So, so yeah, did, did a lot of stuff. So, but I, I just wanted to shout him out for this film because it's really well, well done, Mister Thompson. Oh yeah, because um, a lot of that would have been sort of hanging off the side of the yeah. helicopter and things like this, or you know, really close to the edge of, of mountain drops and things like this. So he and and, and Renny, obviously, you like said Renny Harlan, the director. They, they for me are the stars of the show of this film. You know, yeah, they did yes, such a good know, job. Stallone's brilliant in it as he always is, charismatic and looks a million bucks. And like we said, Lifko's a brilliant villain. Michael yeah. is a great character. <laughs> but the star, to me, the star of the show is is what you see on the screen. You, you know, yes. it costs a lot of money, but they they put it all on the screen, haven't they? Yeah, and I think the thing we need to keep shouting out about is this was made in '93, or it was at least released in '93. So you know, made probably through '92, '93. And, and the fact of the matter is, like, you, you, some of the shots that they get now, like, you and I could probably get, not in a mountain range, but you can get, because you've got drones, you know, you've yeah. got drones and you've got CGI and you can do all this kind of stuff. None of that for this. Like, this mm. film, like you say, this has got some poor sod on a, on a harness, hanging out of a helicopter, <laughs> getting a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that needs, I think, that, yeah, it's worth mentioning that. And I just think, like you say, you're totally right. 100% that some of the cinematography in this film is totally the star. Um, and like, so some of the shots and stuff, you know, that's what it stands for. And even at the end, like, you know, they have that sort of, don't know, that sort of thing of, which is a little typical of, like, you know, it pans out the helicopter shot of them sort of having survived and stuff. So you get you get all that kind of bit and p- bits and pieces. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely worth shouting out about. Um, it is, yeah. He's a great director, Renny Harlan, isn't he? I mean, yes. I, he, he must, I don't know what's happened to him, really. He's kind of fallen off the radar in recent years uh, in terms of making the, yeah, big, but... you know, the big budget stuff. But, I mean, in the 90s, he obviously had this. He'd, he'd done Die Hard 2 a couple of yes. years before this, of course. And like you said, Long Kiss Goodnight, great film. He did um, the, what was the one with the Deep Blue Sea, the one with the sharks. That's a great film. Yes, um, yeah. But in recent years, I, I very rarely see his name cropping anywhere, really, which is a shame because he, he as, as a as a visual action oriented director, he's up there with with anyone in in that nineties era, at least. He was delivering cutting edge stuff back then. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his his back catalogue, and you get like you know, yeah, all right, he did Cutthroat Island, like I said, but he, he did Long Kiss Goodnight, Deep uh, Deep Blue Sea, he did Driven, which is another Stallone. Oh, Stallone, film. yeah, yeah. Um, he did one of the Exorcist prequels, 12 Rounds, with 
um, John Cena, which oh, actually yeah, is, yeah. isn't isn't a terrible thing. That's twenty nineteen. Yeah, but there's like, yeah, it then all of a sudden it's become sort of like TV kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of although recently, and and this is actually something that came up. Um, someone mentioned it to me recently. It's a film called Skip Trace. Nice. It's Johnny Knoxville and Jackie Chan. And apparently, <laughs> apparently it's pretty good. Right. So, but yeah, his career seems to have sort of like fizzled a little bit. But um, yeah. as you say, that Rennie Harlan was, was a person to be, was a person to notice in the 90s. It was one of those. Yeah. That, if you saw um, his name on the, on, the, on the poster, on the marquee or something, you would think, oh, this is, this, this is going to be a thrilling action-packed ride you know which which this film is you know he was he had it all back then it's just it's a real shame he didn't sort of go on to be you know that household name kind of action director like some of the others did of that era it's a shame it really is it really is you know finished director so he's he's sort of yeah i'm glad we're going to call him out anyway but um yeah no so yeah well done for for uh um cliffhanger rennie well done if you're listening you know saying well done to you um but i think one of the things just to sort of to round out on this sort of on on cliffhanger is 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 the sort of the fighting and the violence this sort of thing we talked about sort of um the gunplay at the very beginning but one of the things i do love is is how the setups for the fights like they use the environment as well. Like, you know, when they're in the cave, is it the bats? And then they yeah. get, they drag the guy down and there's a great bit, which is so Stallone or it's sort of like a hangover from an 80s actually for me. So he pushes him up onto the stalactite. Ultimate warrior, guerrilla yeah. press style. <laughs> and it's all, it's because it's, it's a good fight. Cause I like, say again, like, yeah. this isn't, this isn't, um, well, that's where they got their ass beaten a bit, but he gets his ass handed to him quite handily for a short time. Mm. In this cave by this dude, and then like he, he overpowers him and, and lifts him up and bench presses him into a stalactite. Like it's it's again, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm 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 down with that. That's badass. Um, but they do like all the fights in this are actually pretty good. You know, the ice hook is it the is it Craig Fairbrass who gets the ice? Craig Fairbrass is when he's on the edge of the cliff with Michael Rooker and he starts saying, right. he's like, do you like soccer? I was a fucking good striker yeah. and all this. And then starts booting him about and then doing like football commentary while he's yeah, doing it. That's like, right. Throwing the ball up and all this. Yeah. And then he, um, I think Rooker gets a blade and like kind of slashes him and then pulls his shotgun and, and mm. shoots him at point blank and he goes off the end of the cliff. But uh, again, great, great death scene. He, he, he's yes. all, he doesn't have a lot to say in it, Craig Fairbrass, but when he's, when he's on it, he's... Uh, he comes out with some some uh, some good sort of Cockney one-liners, and I like him in this. I, like I do, him. I do. I think he's really good in this. I I, I so hope. I don't. I don't know when he was on EastEnders, and I seem to remember it was around this time. I so hope he turned up on set and was like, "Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've had some time off. I've been working on a film with Stallone, <laughs> <laughs> giving it all that." Um, yeah, because he's a good he, one. He, he, yeah, he. I mean. It's, he, he's still working all the time, Fairbrass. He's, he stars in a lot of these sort of British gangster, g- gangster films. films. These endless Rise of the Foot Soldier films. He's in all of those, isn't he? And yes, all these East End hard man kind of movies. He's in all of them. So he's he's very much still acting. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Output, his, his output is very prolific today. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah found, found his niche. So you know, yeah. if you can find it, fair play to him. Yeah, but yeah. Um, anything else then to mention on Cliffhanger? One thing I, I, I did um, look for was um, if they ever 
sort of discussed making a, a sequel and apparently mm. they did um a couple of years later they'd planned to make a sequel and they were going to call it cliffhanger 2 the dam which would have had stallone back as gabe walker this time fighting terrorists who've taken over hoover dam as as you do because <laughs> uh, you know you could have some great climbing and yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. sequences on hoover dam um and apparently stallone was interested and they did some mm. developmental work on it um it just got cancelled in the end. They just decided it wasn't worth it. But um, apparently over the years, you know, obviously now he's far too old to be doing mm. it. But, you know, in a good decade or so after that, Stallone had said he would be happy to come back and, and do a sequel to the film, but it just never got off the ground, which is a shame because, it you is, know, yeah. it's, you could have upped the ante more, even more in the second one. Oh, You've got to, haven't you, basically? So they could have come out with, you know, especially as technology and, and techniques got more advanced mm. towards the end of the 90s or even the early 2000s. They could have really upped the ante with him doing some crazy shit and stuff like this. But it, it never happened, which is a shame. And obviously, it's never going to happen now unless they did. They, I suppose they could do a remake or a, of some of yeah. some sorts now, cast some some young buff action guy. In the well, role, I was going to say, because um, they've, they've, they've done it before where I've seen plenty of sequels in fact, there's, I was I looked at talk about the action films. I was looking at Hard Target earlier, and again, the Jean Claude Van Damme film. Yeah, and there's there's a Hard Target two that came out in like 2015, 2016. No way. And yeah, it's not Jean Claude Van Damme at all. It's uh, Scott, no. Ad, Scott Scott Adkins. And, oh, I like Scott Adkins. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He is. He's really good. But like, they've gone a completely different direction. Like, it's, it's it could it might as well be a completely different film. Like you know, it's, or a completely different sort of series. Um. But you can you can do that sort of thing, cliffhanger too. Where you know you like you say set up a different a different star to do it all over again. That'd be quite cool. But yeah, but obviously I'd watch it. I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah. But obviously the, the fact of the matter is it stands alone uh, as a as a sort of a standalone uh, Stallone film, which is why we're doing it in this little mini retrospective. But yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know they, they thought about that. But talking of dam, talking of dams and. <laughs> Nice, nice yeah, segue. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> next to dams are bridges or tunnels, even. So, yes, let, let's move from Cliffhanger in 1993 to uh, three years later, uh, 1996, Daylight, and um, a very different Stallone film. Um, he's sort of leaning into sort of like this, this is like the action disaster film, mm. really, isn't it? I mean, they, they, were, they were going big again at the time, you'd have like the um. I often think that the, um, the volcano too, and um, other disaster sort of films was like uh, Armageddon, and um, even like the disaster porn of Independence Day. Like they were a big thing in the sort of the you know mid to late nineties. Yeah. Um, but Day- Daylight's another one that I I have always loved. Like I've always been a fan. Of this. I had it on uh, I had it on VHS. Uh, then I've had it on DVD, and then I've got it on Blu-ray. Like, you know, I've, I've always had like this film. I sort of, I don't know why, and I, I, I probably struggle <laughs> to articulate why I like this film so much. Yes, I'd love to know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. There's just something yeah. about it that, like, I think part of it is I do like, I do like disaster films. Mm. I'm a, I'm a mug for a disaster film, and I'm like, oh, Stallone's in a disaster film. That's cool. It's like a happy go-to film for some reason, like. I, I know quite, you know, you sort of watch this film, you're like, yeah, this is just sort of, it fits into that mould. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need the, he's a former, you know, SAS or sort of former Navy SEAL kind of thing, because there's, there's so little fighting in it. It's about survival. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 it's just a cracking film. I think some of the, the, the special effects in this is good, but 
just to give an overview, then the film basically is um, one of the New York tunnels. Um, uh, there's a basically cutting corners um, to get rid of some some. I can't remember what it's called. Toxic waste or something. Waste and something, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then during that, there was a road traffic accident, which then results in an explosion um, at both ends of the tunnel. And that's because of one end of the tunnel sort of happening, they have to close the other end of the tunnel. So these people then are all trapped inside this tunnel. Um, and there's some that have escaped. But as they're doing, they realise that they've completely cut off the air. So they've only got so much air in there. Um, and the water's going to start rising and all so on and so forth. It's a real sort of disaster movie setup, and you get some really cool... There's a whole great sequence of it all happened. The car crash is actually quite a cool sequence. But there was a gentleman, again, this, this, who had a failure and who lost his job, uh, Sylvester Stallone, who uh, is coming back. He's called Back Into Action, um, and they start talking about how they can get the people out of the tunnel. And you do get like the military intervention and the sort of like, the, the emergency services intervention, but then he's like, no, no, the only way is to go in through this fan duct, <laughs> and I shall lower myself in, um, and then I shall get the people out from there. Which even when yeah. he's describing it on the model, they get out. Like, I'm I'm with everybody else when they're like, this is so not going to work. <laughs> like, this is yeah. such a bad idea, uh, but he does. He ends up getting into the tunnel and then works with the people to find their way out. Um, and it's like a ragtag bunch of people. Uh, there's, a, there's a group of uh, juvenile criminals, an old couple and their dog, um, a tunnel warden, I suppose, tunnel watch guard, yeah. uh, and, and, and a series of couple of other bit of family with a young girl. Um, and then, then they work together to get out of the tunnel. One of the things I didn't even know until today is one of the criminals is Sage Stallone. So a bit of nepotism going on in there. Yeah, yeah, for the second time because he played his son in Rocky yeah, Five yeah. about six years earlier, hadn't he? Yeah. Uh, sadly passed away as well in, in more recent years. It's a damn shame. He was not it a is. bad actor, was he? No, he was all right. You know, sort of uh, got his start and why not? You know, if you dance alone, why not? Sort of. I don't get... alone. I'd insist in being in all his bloody films. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get your foot in the door. Why not? Yeah. Why, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all good. You know, so you have this group, this sort of mismatch group, and they eventually sort of they are work the way out. Sort of, but during that, a number of things happen. Vigo Mortensen turns up in it, as that's who I was going to mention. Doesn't last long, but he's like a, <laughs> he's, like a, he's, like a, he's basically Gabe Walker from the last film. <laughs> like yeah, he kind tough, of isn't he? A twatish yeah. Gabe Walker. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they eventually sort of get out, and it's all very dramatic, and it ends. Um, in in usual fashion, you know, sort of the heroic fashion at the end. It's, it's actually, I, the, the, I will admit, there was a there's a moment in this film that even though I know it's coming, and even though it's incredibly cheesy, it, every time it fucking gets me. Not 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 proper, like you know, choked up, hmm. but when they have to leave the guy to drown. Um, yeah, the the tunnel guard. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically breaks his paralyzed. Neck, he breaks. So he's yes. paralyzed, tied to a board, can't move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this again comes back to the direction because they don't cut away. There's not sort of like we've got to leave him and they leave. They go, we've got to leave him and then they leave. And then it cuts back to him with the water going over him. I'm like, oh shit. Like, like mm. they're going to show us and they sort of they give you enough to go, like, oh yeah, this isn't good. Um, so yeah, it's it sort of, it, you know, it's, it's totally, I think this film is a little imbalanced because it does go for some lighter moments, but then it really does hit you with some of the other bits and pieces as well. So, but I mean, I've gone on long enough. That's what the film is. What are your initial thoughts then on Daylight? I didn't, I, 
I realised I'd only ever seen this film once, and that was when it was out. So I have watched it just recently, obviously, for the purpose of this. On, mm. It's on Netflix at the moment, UK Netflix. I don't know about uh, international Netflix. So it's on there, so everyone should check it out. Um, so I watched it the other uh, last week, in fact, for the first time in, I guess, 20-something years. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a good, solid, well-made disaster movie. Mm. Um, you know, they spend a bit of money on it. It's not cheap and cheerful. It's no, you know, no. um, it it's not your typical Stallone film. It could have been anybody playing that part. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did read somewhere that the, the director Rob Cohen initially wanted Nick Cage to do it, but oh, the really? studio thought the studio thought Nick Cage was too much of an everyman, not an action guy. Mm. Which is ironic because it's the same year The Rock came out, say, and the year say. after was Con Air. Yeah. Nick Cage was just about to start his his action hero phase. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm sure Nick Cage would have been fine, but and, and Stallone is, is more than fine, but it's not a typical Stallone part, is it? Like you said, there's no there's no villain in this film. There's no there's no. I think definitely this. I don't know if I'm right, but probably by this point, anyway, it's probably the first action film Stallone have been anyway. He didn't have a villain to face off with. There is yeah. no villain in this film. There's there's no there's no physical obstacle. It's it well there is, but not not a person. I mean, it's there's all not, yeah. There's not. A, it's yeah, escaping. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the fact that even despite that, the, the climax of this film tries to give him like that moment. There's a bit yeah. he has the the, the the C4, like the the, the explosives, because he's gonna blow part of the tunnel to try and do some to clear some things out. And it has him sort of like shouting at the tunnel and like those <laughs> lampings like semtex into yeah. the mud and stuff. And you're like, yeah. so they, they, they want to give him that almost like him versus the you know the it's him versus the situation isn't it him versus the sort of like the total yeah um so yeah they do they, they want to keep trying to have those slight action cliches but like you said there's no sort of hans gruber or um no you know kind of figure in this one isn't it? it's um there's no villain of the piece no not really the, the, the closest you get is Viggo Mortensen's character is a bit of a knob um but he's not he's not a bad person is he at the end of the day no. he's you know he's he, he's one of the few that most of the characters you only meet for the first time in the tunnel but do you get I think the Stallone the leading lady character who's like a sort of down on the look playwright living yes. in a rat infested apartment so you know she's going to be a big player because you've seen her story before the tunnel and the mm. third one is, is Viggo Mortensen so his his demise in a way been like you said he doesn't last long it's a bit of a shocker really because you think yes. well he's going to be around because he you know he's a, he's a i suppose this is pre-lord of the rings of eagle monster so he wasn't it a is. big name but he was yeah. you know he'd been around you, yeah, you know, done a few seen things. his face in some stuff so yeah. you, you think oh he's going to be around and you get you see he's this like extreme sports entrepreneur kind of guy obviously owns like this big uh sporting dynasty or something like this you know yeah uh is a celebrity basically isn't he? he's famous so he's he's sort of he wants to escape but he's getting people to film him doing it because it's going to make great footage for his for his his adverts and things yeah. like this um and he clearly ignores stallone's advice when he's trying to you know which all which dudley's to his uh demise you know so he, he's not a bad person but he's a bit of a, a bit of a douchebag so mm. he kind of is the de facto person you're not rooting for but everyone else then you know the you know there's divert like you said there's a bit of everyone in there you know all different backgrounds and ethnicities and that and you're, you're rooting for all of them really you want, you want them all to escape obviously they, like we just said that poor guy doesn't survive and there's the elderly woman as well who just sort of i guess passes away from 
I guess it's hypothermia. It's I think really so. It's supposed to be hypothermia, or, isn't it? Yeah. Or a heart attack or something like that. She's an elderly woman. But um, it, it always amazed me that they just left her. <laughs> they, yeah. just, they, you know, they, they could have taken a body with them because they they're not that far away from escaping. Yeah. No. They, they, you know, and even the, the guy strapped to the... Um, the board with the, the broken mm. neck i always thought if you're going to leave him here to drown he's going to die he's, there's no there's no way out for him could you not at least try to sort yeah. of because they didn't even try do they at all no because they, they go they say right we've got to swim underneath this thing to get into like the next room the next part of the tunnel and obviously you can't swim because you you know you're paralyzed you're strapped to a board but it's not like a a really long swim <laughs> it's you know it, the dog it, does it, it. <laughs> yeah, it only looks like maybe 10, 15 metres at, at yeah. most. So you just think, well, couldn't you get like the two Stallone and the other most able-bodied person in that group, whoever that may be, probably the guy with the daughter uh, or one of the younger uh, juvenile offenders, and just at least like take oh, him under the water yeah. and try. <laughs> and if he if he drowns, he drowns, but at least you've tried yeah. <laughs> rather than just leaving him to his death. You know, this poor guy has a... Has a there are some, I say, it, it, it sort of it played up as being... yeah. Not so much he because the so, cause the guard uh, makes the choice. He's like, no, no, I can't. Go. You've got to leave him behind so you yeah. can survive. So they try and play into that, but there's no attempt, is there, to argue with him? They're like, okay, <laughs> we're yeah. gone. And like you yeah. say, with the old woman, like they test it. I think they, they're trying to add a level of urgency, aren't they? They've got to keep moving forwards because the water's rising and all this sort of stuff. Oh, and obviously that oh, pushes yeah. the the rats yeah. through and all that kind of stuff, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I just but think yeah. he could have, at least, you know, especially a poor husband there who's like saying, I won't, you know, he's holding on to a body saying, I won't leave her, I won't leave her. And Sloan's like, all right, if you stay, if you stay, I'm staying. We'll we'll yeah. all stay. We'll all die together. And he's and then he sort of snaps out of it. But you just think, you know, you could, she's not a big woman by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. You could <laughs> at least like drag her along and just yeah. try rather than just leave her to be, you know, left to sort of get swept away. It just seemed a yeah. bit much really. But I suppose it's quite an interesting character he has really still on this, isn't he? Because mm. he's, again, he's, um, you know, I think he used to be like the emergency services, like chief captain officer, or something. Yeah, captain, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, he's got this sort of scandal from the past, which got him sacked, and now he's now he's working as like a chauffeur or a taxi driver or something. And <laughs> yeah. Just happens to be about to take this couple the tunnel. through the tunnel when it explodes, and then obviously he leaps into action and, and sort of sees this as his redemption. Um, but he. he he is kind of making it up as he goes along, isn't he? And then yeah. at one point, he, the 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 the, uh, the lady and um, Maddie, I think her name is, says to him, "You never had a way out of here, did you?" She says that to him when they're kind of having a reflective mm. moment when he's telling her why his he's history, no longer, yeah, 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 what 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 went wrong in the past that's led to him losing his job, and he, she's like, "You never had a way out of here, did you, really?" And he's like, "No." Yeah, he, he perhaps in his in his head, he even knew it might be a one way ticket for him. He just wanted to try and go out. Doing something good. Redeemed, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting character, really. It is, because I say, because it's, it's interesting when you take put it on that thing, because again, you sort of like, you know, he basically barges his way in, starts giving orders, and people follow them that sort of like, you yeah. know, that don't agree with him having been fired. Yeah. And there are cases where you go like, well, you know, letting him go in there and stuff, could you, could you have done it different? Like, you know, could there not have been this scenario? Um, yeah. Because they are because the, the other thing as well is like the, the city have, have have a discussion, don't they, about well, we're just gonna we're gonna have to open the tunnel, we've got to do this, we've got mm. to get it moving, so we've got to sort of you know, I kind of there's a ticking clock, I, I think there is, if I remember rightly. 
you, we've got to go. We've got to open the tunnel, and if they open the tunnel, it'll mean other things collapse, yeah. which will then definitely kill them. And that's why the that's why he's sort of going in. And so you get this thing of like he's on the side of right. They give him this justification, saying, "Well, you know, he's like I'm expendable. I can do this. You know, before you do this, I've got this sort of ticking clock to do this yeah. thing." Um, but yeah, it, there, there, there's, there's always this thing in my head of like you know if if no one seems to question him. <laughs> At certain points, they're like he's challenged, but like you know, they, they keep backing him up. Um, but it sets up the film. That's that's the purpose, obviously. Like, but you're right. I also like the opening of this film as they do. Like, it's it's a, t- a typical uh, disaster movie. That before you get the disaster, you get the sort of like here's the characters. So you mm. do get, like you say, the 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 struggling playwright and uh, the juvenile delinquents in the or the juve, you know, prisoners in their bus. Yeah. Um, and that you get a little bit of a, a bit of each of those as they sort yeah. of talk and sort of snark at each other, and then you get uh, the old elderly couple sort of who treat their dog um, like a child, you know, sort of like really pander the the, the dog, um, and the family that are trying to get away, and they've got the, you know they're having trouble with their with the daughter sort of of that age where he's just a little bit of a yeah, a teenager, the, the dad's, yeah, they infer that the dad's been sort of playing away from home yeah. as well, don't they? And because he, yeah. he says like they're like he's like that's in the past, you know. We're trying to move forward as a family, you know. But mm. obviously the the wife's not quite forgiven and forgotten just yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously with the with the guard, he's obviously got this an engagement ring in his pocket, and he's about you know he's willing he wants to propose to and stuff. So that's yeah. where it really sort of hits home. But um, even the setup of this film, like it's cliche, like it is so cliche, it's so by the book in many cases. But there's something about it I absolutely love. Um, but that car accident where it all goes off. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think it's a, it's a pretty good setup. But you know, like you say, um, yeah. it's uh, spectacular. Yeah, the, the explosion of obviously we get it's sort of this waste management company had taken this, like you said, this toxic waste whatever it is yeah, through yeah. the tunnel to go and sort of illegally dispose of it at a site across the river in wherever New Jersey, wherever they're going. And obviously, at the same time, there's these thieves who rob a, rob a jewellers, a diamond so. store, yeah. whatever it is, and they're in a high speed chase away. You know, obviously being pursued by the by the uh, NYPD, mm. uh, and obviously it's their high speed chase which leads them to crash into one of these trucks, which blows that up. Which you, but then, as you said, it blows up the other end because the blast from the first truck blows up the second oh, truck. It through, doesn't it? Blows up the third truck. So yeah. it's like synthetic detonations if you want to call them that that blow up the entire tunnel and when it explodes that wall of flame just yeah. engulfs the tunnel and the characters obviously we spoke about who you, who we sort of meet and journey through the entire film they're all in the cars like down like yeah. below door level because if they're not they'll get literally get incinerated and mm. you can see them like in the cars and the flame is going through the the cars i mean the you know the cgi isn't as sophisticated as what no you it's a bit today, mm. today obviously it's you know it's not this 25 years 25 years ago 26 mm. years ago um but you, you do feel it you know if you watch that with the sound up it's a it's a i guess that must have looked great on the the big cinema screen i didn't see i was it. gonna say no that's the thing it's, it's a proper rumble that like when it goes off like it, you yeah. can imagine like it's shaking the cinema like it's it looks again it's a great piece of of you know like you say disaster cinema um it does you it does lean on cgi and i think like you say it's noticeable in a couple of places uh, like you yeah. say early cgi you know they've used it instead of like it's early sort of green screen kind of stuff um but not enough that it's sort of like it's distracting you know it's that thing when you go oh this is dated a little bit but 
fine, you know, it yeah. goes on. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great because again, it's sort of it's one of the things I like about disaster films. They they clearly have like there's very clear sections. It's like here's the characters, and then you go boom disaster, right? Now let's have the the obligatory sort of like gathering of the the survivors, but you know they're all going to be at odds. So you get everyone arguing and then it's sort of like, then something happens and it brings them all together to sort of finally sort of push for survival with niggles along the way. But and again, it's all in this as well. It's all there in this. But again, I kind of like sort of like um, in other disaster films, in many cases, you know, you get the, 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 the similar characters and when it's, yeah. the, when it's that bit of everyone at odds, it's sort of like, it's all a bit forced. Weirdly with this, I kind of enjoy it because there's some, there's a couple of things going on that like feel kind of sort of like, yeah, of course you would like, if you've got like a, a relatively well-to-do elderly couple and their dog, like, yeah, mm. of course they wouldn't trust, you know, the kids off the, off the prison bus, yeah, of you know? Course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the same, like when the 14 year old, I think because Daniel Harris, who I know from several things, but mainly from Halloween movies and um, in the early nineties, when she starts showing an interest in one of those criminals, I've got a daughter yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if she did, I think I'd be the same as well. But no, no, back off, chum. This is my kid. And I'll get arsy with them as well. So, yeah. And there's that sense of rising panic um, of, you know, we've got to do something, but I can't trust the people. I'm, not only am I fighting the situation, I'm fighting the people around me as well because yeah. I don't trust them. And so the dad sort of steps in to be this alpha male kind of figure. And it, you know, but it's, it's, I just, I like that there's a whole section there where they're sort of at odds and it, it feels like, well, well played out um yeah. rather than forced yeah well that's that's kind of what would happen isn't it you know yeah. you're in this li literal life and death situation where it's looking pretty damn bleak you know yeah. and and you know you're just kind of thrown together and you know if, if, if you're there with a, a a bus with a load of juvenile young offenders on it you wouldn't be like oh hey hey lads uh, and lasses you know let's uh <laughs> that's like you'd be like you'd be like you stay away from me because you're in that but you were on that bus for a reason yeah, yeah? I, you know i don't can't remember what they're all on there for but you're not on a juvenile offenders prison transfer bus because you've done nothing wrong kind of thing. So I'd be like, well, yeah, you just stay over there and keep away from me and my family. We'll, we'll figure this out, but we don't want to know you. We don't want to get close to you. Yeah. Um, so it would happen, especially when things start to don't, don't go sw exactly swimmingly either, mm -hmm. do they? And, and Stallone makes a couple of bad calls as well. And they start to turn on him as well and say, you know, you, we don't want to. We don't want to listen to what you're saying anymore because it's it's literally getting us nowhere or yeah. getting us into further into the shit. Well, uh, for also, want of a better word, yeah. it's all, <clears throat> they also recognise him, don't they? Like his name. Someone recognises his name. Like, I've read about you. Mm. Your 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 fuck up basically cost the lives, yeah, of people in the past. Like what? And then they're like, so what are you here for? Like how have you got here? <laughs> Um, yeah. And like you say, he doesn't really have an answer other than sort of like, well, I, I can get you out of this. I can, I can do this. I can do that. So, as you say, like he's yeah. forcing his redemption onto this sort of scenario. Like it's a, it's a last sort of ditch effort, isn't it, to try and to to bring them round? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that he gets like I think they say like your credentials have been reinstated or something. Yeah. It's like like literally just just like that you know right you're back on the back on the force so to speak you know yeah, here's your badge you and get, your gun kind of situation yeah isn't it you know you get that guy who's like his replacement who's who is um 
uh, Drake out of Aliens, who's in, yes. in, in, in that one scene, he, he's the guy who's replacing him and he just gives him some shit because Stallone's trying to say, no, what, you, what you're about to do is wrong. And, and mm. this week, he's like, nah, you, you're done. I'm in charge. You, you, you know, you got fired. Get get out of my tunnel, so to speak. And then literally goes in this hole and gets blown. <laughs> blown. <laughs> he's Ten seconds later, he's dead. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it kind of sort of you have to sort of stretch your um believability a little bit to think that um this guy who has literally been thrown off and fired very publicly in 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 abject disgrace is then allowed to go even though you know he's got a good idea and and all the rest of it why they would go all right yeah okay you can go you can go in and you can go down the, the tunnel and the fan and everything you know, why not send one of our own in, you know? Yeah. It's this series, as we said with Cliff Fang, it's that series of coincidences that lead the, the hero to that to that place. Yeah. But nowadays, I think, even not, not, not nowadays, even in the 90s, there'd be someone from the sort of like, you know, city council, the city government going, no, <laughs> like, not only does our insurance not cover this, this is really bad that we've sort of reinstated this guy to, for, to do this sort of like, you know, mission. And if it goes wrong... We've let him do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where's um, where's Walter Peck <laughs> when yeah, you need him? You, you know do. that pen pusher guy to come down and say no, 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 no. Yes. The red tape kind of guy who says no, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, um, I mean, I suppose in a situation like that, it's just you know all hands to the pump, isn't it? But yeah. it's um, you know, and clearly he still has the respect of the people that used to work for him. There's that you know when he first gets there. Um, there's an ambulance driver uh, sort of outside tunnel, and he think he says something to it. Sloan says to him, "Where's the chief?" And he goes, and this guy goes, "Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at him right now." So his 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 yes. people obviously were on his side as to yes. you know what happened in the past, and and there's the other guy I can't remember his name now, um, but it's the guy who plays the general in Commando. Um, who, I oh, on the front I was looking. Yeah, at the, uh, it's um, his name's Dan um, Hedaya. Dan Hedaya, that's it. He's yeah. been in all sorts. I think he yeah, was in yeah, like, yeah. Alien Resurrection and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and he, so he's there who was um, an estranged, like an estranged friend of uh, him because I think it was his brother that was killed under yes. Stallone's watch like the year before or, you know, whenever it, whenever that was supposed to have happened. So obviously he's obviously got a degree of animosity towards it, but even he, by the end, is is rooting for him, you know. So he's obviously still still respected by his peers even though you know he maybe deserved to get fired who can say yeah uh, yeah they don't really give you a lot of details about whatever it was that whatever cock up he made that sort of cost them but uh, you get enough to know it was pretty serious yeah Um, it was a bad call wasn't it yeah i like we said before though about the sort of the um he makes the bad calls down in the tunnel as well because again this is that thing we've talked about sort of again like i'm I'm liking the fact that what we've paired up in these these couple of films you know nighthawks and cobra sort of worked as a tandem, I think these two films do as well. Yeah. Is that, yeah, he's not superhuman. Like, he's not coming in as a sort of like an indestructible alpha male. Like, it goes wrong. A couple of the calls he makes. Yeah. And he doesn't come in and just sort of command respect and everyone starts listening or, you know, he punches them out or something. Like, so there's, there's a number of occasions, like you say, the dad of the family doesn't listen and he's sort of like arguing back about why should we listen to you and, and you know, there's got to be a better way and why have you been sent? And also Viggo Mortensen, who sort of goes up and tries to do the sort of the, the extreme climbing um, angle, and that doesn't work. Yeah. So there's a cut. There's and obviously like you know they lose people through this. Like, you know, it, yeah. it's not like. And it, if it was more brutal, 
weirdly, I would, you know, you sort of go, that's fine, as in um, an exploding pipe or, um, you know, something that's sort of out of his control sort of thing. But in a number of these scenarios, like, you know, when, she, when they, like, say, the old woman dies of hypothermia, like, there's nothing he could do about that, really. No. But, as you say, there could have been a scenario where he's like, you know, damn it, I'm not losing another one. Pounds yeah. on her chest and sort of like, you know, <clears throat> she comes back and that's it for the finale. Mm. They get then they get the elderly couple out or something. But there's mm. none of that. Like, yeah, they, like you said before, like it's pretty sort of, th- this isn't uh, Cobra. This isn't sort of like, you know, Cobretti or even like Rambo. Like this is, yeah, you know, th- this is a very different character. And that, that's one of the things I, I was interested to do this from a Stallone point of view, because I think he does, especially in the 90s, explore this idea of being these other characters. And that's why I think he's, he's you know, he is such a good actor. Mm. Um, I agree. I agree. It's, it, I think in general, it's, it's the mood of the time as well. Because I think by this time, moving into the late 90s, into the, into the 2000s, you're seeing that sea change away, aren't you? From yeah. the, the dying embers of the 80s action star or, or the or the eighties the type of eight actually you know the huge muscle bound yeah, yeah. Indes- indestructible um without fault kind of kick-ass guys who don't get it wrong and, and win every time you're kind of moving away from that in general aren't you and you're seeing these more every man type characters and, and and then obviously like different style of actors become action mm. heroes don't they like like we just said nick before nick cage obviously becomes a huge action star in the years immediately after this you get people like john travolta doing action films yeah, not keanu, reeves. keanu reeves you know not your typical action stars with that look that had been the look for mm. the past sort of decade and a half so it, his sort of taking on this role reflects the, the mood of the industry, I think, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a thing behind this, which is funny, like, you know, we get into <laughs> kind of a whole load of things. But like, you're right. I mean, the thing is that, that I mean, the, the action genre, because it sort of comes out of cop films of the sort of the same, you know, westerns and then cop films and other bits and pieces. Yeah. But in the 80s, the, you know, I, I pin it on 1982. Um, we talked about Nighthawks last, and that, last, last episode, and that was 1981. Yes. Um, 1982, the, 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 the three, there were three films that, well, in fact, I would say four, but there were three sort of main films that kick off the action, sort of this idea of action cinema. Um, and it's First Blood, uh, the first Rambo film. Yep. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Yes. And 48 Hours. Right, yeah, the, the buddy of it sort of genre, yeah. yeah. So 1982 is this incredibly... You don't want to throw in there, weirdly, is Wrath of Khan, um, the Star Trek film. Yeah. Simply because they've gone so left turn with the, the Star Trek, that, that is very much a sort of a revenge action space. You know, it's, it's closer to being sort of like Master and Commander, but that's a different angle. But the, the, those films, especially sort of First Blood, uh, and, and Conan, Conan in particular, sets up this model for the action hero for the next sort of decade yeah. of this sort of like, it's Milius, John Milius who directed that, was really sort of leading yes. into sort of Nietzschean philosophy of the Ubermensch, this sort of like the Superman, like, you know, he's sort of, yeah. and it's really in, in um, Conan, there's a moment, I watched Conan the other day, it's such a fucking brilliant film. Yeah, it is. And, and at one point when Valeria dies and they sort of, they, you know, they put her on the pyre. And uh, Conan sets fire. One of his, his, his compatriots sort of starts crying, and the and the old sort of wizard sort of character. Why are you crying? This is this. This is Conan. He is a Sumerian. He will not cry, so I shall cry for him. 
<laughs> so there's emotion sort of like he's you know he's just this sort of stoic figure of a sort of like hero, and then you you get this throughout you know this personification of that is you know even in commander yes he's going after his daughter but it's all sort of like you know just i'm back in action so you get it in commander you get it in cobra you get it in predator a predator is probably the it's just a fucking bunch of them you know it's just a bunch <laughs> of, sort of like nietzschean warriors in the jungle off against yeah. the predator of the alien like it's it's so 80s um, and it, it really, it, it oddly becomes completely, it, it falls apart with Die Hard. Die Hard is the thing that sort of puts a bit of a stop to this when they're like, oh no, you've got the everyman. And then they start to take the fun out, take, take, make, make fun of it in Last Action Hero, um, which I think is a massively underrated film and, and you know, worth talking about one day. Um, and so that's where all of a sudden you start to see Stallone in particular leans into other other things throughout the 90s and you get that's when you get like unfortunately oscar and stop on my mom will shoot <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know you also get these films cliffhanger and daylight you also get copland and um yeah you know, yeah so you know like, i think he he sort of leaned into this thing of like i can't just be john rambo all the time um yeah. i need to try something else still i'm uh, sorry schwarzenegger less so i think schwarzenegger sort of sort of does it but when you look at his catalogue of the 90s it's still there like he can't seem to get himself away from it very much mm. um even yeah from, i think he doesn't quite have again, the range yeah he doesn't well he doesn't compared no. to Stallone, he doesn't does he let's 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 be truthful about i, I love i love swatching i won't i won't ever I, put him down but you're right no. yeah he hasn't got the range and when you look at his 90s films um you know they are they don't well, they, they could easily have been made in the eighties. I think is yeah. probably the way to put it. In some, oh, for the case, oh, some of them. most definitely. Yeah, he didn't move. He didn't move with the times, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was no. kind of his own downfall. I think um, in the nineties. But Stallone, you know, he, I think he realised that he was getting older as well. I mean, yes. by this point, he's he, he was like fifty by the time Daylight came out. You know, mm. he was no spring. He was no spring chicken, um, despite the fact that he's now. You know, mid seventies and still kicking ass. That's, it's worth. That's it's by, worth. That's by the by, but that's worth calling out because you're so right. Like he was in his yeah. early fifties or late forties, early fifties, making yeah. um, daylight, mm-hmm. and you would not consider his age as a factor in this. Like he's hanging off shit. He's jumping, you know, doing all bunch of stuff. If this was me, and I'm sort of about to knock onto forty, and I'd be like, "Nah, my back hurts. I hurt my knees. Like I'm not doing it." <laughs> oh yeah, I would be. Everything hurts on my body. I'd, I'd have no chance. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. He, he's always kept himself in tip top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even now, he's a specimen, isn't he? You know, yes. so you, you, you know, he can get away with playing younger than his than his mm. actual age. Um, but I think to to give him credit, he think I think he's you know he, he comes across as a very intelligent man, Stallone. I think yeah. he I think he recognised where things were going and thought that kind of stuff that's served me so well for all these years isn't going to fly anymore no, and i need yeah. i need to evolve or, or i'm just going to sort of fade away into straight to video obscurity or or, or just nothingness so oh i think i think totally he i think the, recognize yeah the i think the, the rotten was on the wall i think he saw it you know he was looking at like uh steven seagal jean-claude van damme that were going straight to the video you know straight to video kind of films and he he moved away from that and made choices i think that sort of kept him you know on on form Really, I would say the early two thousands. You met, you know, detox driven, not all great. No, 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 <laughs> no. But the, 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 you know, 
the thing I'd also say about Stallone is, like you say, he 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 is incredibly intelligent. Like, you know, we we know that he wrote Rocky and was stood by it, and and you know, he's directed a number of the films. And the thing, the guy, the thing with Stallone is, he's always driven his own career, mm. and he had himself a renaissance. You know, he sort of said like, "Yeah, I'm clearly not getting the parts anymore." In the early two thousands, you know, I'm not the star I was. What can I do? All right. Well, <clears throat> from my point of view, I'm going to roll out Rocky. I'm going to roll out Rambo again. Yeah. And Give I like what they want. Exactly. Exactly. So he tapped into that nostalgia, saw that it worked. and was like, all right, well, let's finish those off. And, he, you know, I think I think Rocky Balboa is a fantastic film. I think the Creed series is great. You know, yeah. um, and more than that, though, he sort of went, well, do you know, what? I do like making action films. And if no one's going to give me one, I'm going to write one. And so he creates the Expendables. Yeah, and directs the first one. And directs the first one. So, uh, you know, I, I, I won't hear a bad word about Stallone. Like, you know, yeah, he's never won an Oscar. Fine. But dude has sort of like, you know, he's kept his career going and he's always been at that top A-list level for me. Yeah. No, absolutely. He, he should have won an Oscar for Creed. I mean, he, he won the Golden Globe for Creed and was Oscar nominated for Creed. Mm-hmm. I think it was, who won it? In, I think it was Mark Rylance that won for yeah. Spies, the, the Tom Hanks film. Um, but they should have given it to Stallone. I mean, it was the, the story was all there of, of him, you know, coming back and winning the Oscar with, with his signature role of Rocky Balboa. Yeah. You know, it's a shame he didn't. But um, no, no, he, he, you know, it's all. You, you know what you're into sources of course is all mm-hmm. wrestling, but mm-hmm. he he is at the tip top when you're talking about action stars i think i think schwarzenegger became a bigger star than stallone in those yeah. days uh, you know he, he appeared in some bigger budget films that catapulted him to absolute superstar i don't think stallone was quite that no. absolute superstardom level that schwarzenegger was in the late 80s early 90s but it's just the way he's endured and, and kept everything yeah. kept everything together kept everything going and and like you said done you know mixed it up a bit you know like you said before copland i mean to completely transform himself you know put on all that weight and and and, and look complete 180 to how he'd always looked as this like absolute you know specimen of a man to then look like this sort of out of shape downtrodden guy and produce such a subtle performance as well you know not an action-oriented film all right the little shootout at the end but that's by the by you know there's no there's no action to be had in that film it's just the performance uh, you know yeah. among some real heavyweight actors in that film as well and he stands up to them um you know i, I think you know i think he's probably made some wrong choices along the way yeah. that may maybe could have his career could have had a different path or trajectory but at the end of the day it's worked for him and and you know, more power to him. I, you know, I hope he's still going to carry on making these these films for as long as he physically can. Yeah, I think the thing is when you look at both, well, you know, we'll talk about both. But with Schwarzenegger and Stallone, one of the things I recognise in both of them is, like you say, Stallone motto is he's recognised the changing times and he's gone with it. And I always wonder what Stallone, what would have happened to Schwarzenegger if he hadn't gone into politics? Hmm. What would have happened for that period? But the other thing about Stallone, like, you know, you'd also look at, like, all the voice work he's done. You know, like, he he hasn't just been actually, you know, he's in a, I don't think it's the Pixar one, but he's in Ants. You know, he's in a cartoon, he plays an ant. Like, yeah. he's he was most recently in Suicide Squad as King Shark. Like, you know, yeah. he's done voice work repeatedly. So, um, and he was in, and he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Like, he's appeared in, 
for cameos and stuff like so he's done the, the guy sort of gets it, I think. He get he knows how Hollywood works. He he, he likes and he I think he just enjo- I think he's got that point because he's just enjoying himself. Yeah, why wouldn't you at his age? You know, because he doesn't have to do it, does he? No, he must be he must be incredibly wealthy by this point. So he doesn't have to work. You know, a man in his mid seventies, he could just kick back and enjoy his mm. remaining years. But he 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 wants to to be there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same with like Schwarzenegger, he's come back. And I think you know, one day maybe we'll do a similar, we'll do a similar retrospective for Schwarzenegger. Um, but he's done similar things. Like you know, he's never taken himself too seriously. You know, like I know he's appeared in like he's cameoed in you know in silly films. He did Eighty Days Around the World with um, Steve Coogan and, and yeah. Jackie Chan, yes. and most re- most recently one. I don't know if you've ever seen Killing Gunther. I have. Yeah, I watched it a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. very funny in that. Very yeah. funny. In that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I know that these guys, I think these aging action stars have done sort of like, yeah, we can't do that stuff, but I can do this, and this is funny. So, fair play to them. But this is, the, we will do a Schwarzenegger one because there's a, there's a couple of goodies in there I think worth throwing in. Um, but yes, anyway, but back to, we'll finish off on Daylight because I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, but Daylight, I think, let's do some final thoughts, really, yeah. you know, uh, before we sort, of, we sort of round off our recommendations and stuff. But um, any final thoughts on Daylight? Just that it, it's like I said before, it, it's not a st- typical Stallone performance. It's not a typical Stallone film, and yes, any anyone could have played that role. It's not. It's not a you know, like I said, other people were were mooted for it. Um, but it's it, it's a very solid, very well made, well well directed, well produced, well acted for the most part. <clears throat> uh, mid 90s disaster movie if that's your bag then you you're going to enjoy it you know if you're looking for real uh outlandish stunts and things like that from an uh, like you get you're not going to get it here it's not that kind of movie like we said as well before there's no there's no bad guys in it there's no there's no fighting in it there's no shootouts really no there's not there's nothing there's no there's no punch-ups there's nothing it's just it's a more human story about just Mm. basically just trying to survive this hideous disaster Disaster. yeah Mm. so you know, go into it with those expectations. Don't see the name Stallone above the title and think, "Oh, here we go, bit of bit of Stallone." Let's uh, yeah. see. Let's watch the body count in this one. Um, again, the, the, that's not what, that's not what you're going to get. So, I think if people go into it knowing what it's going to be, they really enjoy it. It's, it's you know, it, is it an all-time classic? No, but it's a very well done film, and I, you know, it stands up now. It's despite its age, it doesn't look you know dated per se apart from maybe some of the, the cgi at the start with the explosion but other than that i think it's um it's well worth uh, investing your time and if you've got the time what yeah. do you think no i agree i think like i say it's, <clears throat> it's it's less an action film more that disaster film it's, it's, it's got actiony elements but it's more about sort of the, the it's a disaster film it is it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a late 90s or mid <clears throat> to late 90s disaster movie it's, it's on par with i'd say um volcano you had like dante's peak yeah. Um, with, the two, with the two sort of volcano ones, and you know, I think of Armageddon. Um, you know, it's the asteroid one, and so it, it, it was a bit of a thing then. Um, but if you like those kind of films, you know, if you like um, those kinds of disaster films, um, I think it's, it's well worth your time. If you like 2012 or San Andreas or even like the original Poseidon Adventure or Earthquake, all, all those ones I'm mentioning, like, yeah, give it a go. Like, you know, this is Stallone a little bit outside of his comfort zone, you know, uh, like I say, rolling with the times, being something different. 
and it works. It works well. I, I think it's a really enjoyable film. It's not it's not hard pressing you. Like this film is not going to be sort of like um it's not going to be taxing your brain on plot. I wouldn't worry about that. You know, you're not going to be worrying about sort of like levels of violence or anything like that. But it will, I, I honestly think if you know if you like some it, and you you are prone to these films, it will pull at your heartstrings. Like there are moments in this where you can, if you you know enjoy these characters, then it'll pull at your heartstrings. I think it's worth checking out. It's a film well worth checking out, and it doesn't get any. It doesn't get. We said cliffhanger does. You know, it's a little bit underrated, but I don't. Daylight doesn't get mentioned at all. No. <laughs> um, and and uh, I think you know that's it's sad to hear really, but anyway, that's so that's it. So we've we've done our uh, Stallone sort of like you know this is single film retrospectives. Uh, the last couple of episodes we've done Nighthawks, Cobra, Cliffhanger, and Daylight. Four films um, that I, I would recommend all all four of them uh, at this point. But I'm going to put you on the on the on the spot here, Max. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. I think I know what the answer might be, but let's see. But you've you've got, you've got four films. Mm-hmm. You can recommend two of them. Which, which two do you recommend the most? Which are your top two? Let's put it that way. Out of these four, I would have yeah. to say I would say Nighthawks and I would say Cliffhanger. Um, if those are the two you thought I'd come up with, mm. I just think they they stand up more now than I think the other two. Not that I dislike the other two. I, we, we've spoken about Cobra last time, and mm. obviously Daylight just now. I've got a lot of good things to say about both of them, but I think the other two are perhaps just more slightly at a higher level. Than, than those two, if that makes sense. You know, I think Nighthawks is is just a really well done 70s, like we said, it's an 80s film, but it's a 70s sort of yeah. uh, cop terrorist thriller. Again, not action-packed, but very good, very well made, mm-hmm. very well acted. And Cliffhanger is pure visual spectacle and and thrilling stunts. And if that, you know, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. You know, good boo hiss panto villain um yeah yeah. Uh, uh, yeah i just think if i had to pick out of those four and if i could i'd pick off i'd recommend all four but if i had to mm. pick just two i'd go with yeah nighthawks and cliffhanger what would what would your two be Do I, no i would completely agree <clears throat> I, I, all right I, although i like daylight and you know i think if, if i was put in order i think i'd just just miss it yeah. not not there's something about nighthawks I, I think it has like a grittiness that I don't think I don't think it's seen enough. Like you know, like you said, you've had to get. Is it a German version to watch? Like a German Nighthawks, yeah, German yeah. Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched it on on Prime. Uh, I rented it on Amazon Prime, so it's available. But like, there's not like a special edition of it, or there's not not even like an available Blu-ray of it, which is a real shame. But yeah, there's something about it that sort of fits in that sort of um, you know seventies ethos that's sort of like Dirty Harry or Poppy Popeye Doyle or Serpico yes. kind of thing. Like, you know, it fits in with those. Um and so it's it's Stallone just before he becomes the action star. Um but it's great. I think it was a really good film. And the same like you said with Cliffhanger. Like the Cliffhanger is probably I think it doesn't you know 90s action I think gets a bit of an under um you know it gets underrepresented but it's probably I'd say it's one of the it's a staple of 90s action. It's probably, I'd even say it's probably in the sort of top, I don't know, about five, but it's definitely up there. I think Cliffhanger is one of the best action movies of the 90s. Definitely. Definitely. It's up there. With, when you yeah. Think about the, the big ones from that decade, it's, 
it might not roll off the tongue as much like you said as some as, as some of the the others of, of the, the, the time but yeah it's up there definitely just the cinematography i think puts it head and shoulders above some of the other films that probably get mentioned more often which is you know yeah. just yeah no great film really well worth watching and really go, worth going back to as well so yeah but max anyway but that, thank you so much for going on this little stallone voyage with me i think it's been amazing we really enjoyed it no, it's uh, been all mine thank you for having me on no yeah so we, we, we i think we are going to do at some point in the future we will definitely do a schwarzenegger version we'll pick four yes. schwarzenegger films not you know non-franchisey ones and um which is weirdly easier for for Stallone uh, for Schwarzenegger. Didn't do many sequels. Um, no, only Conan and Terminator. I think are the only two roles he's come back to, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although I did find out earlier as well um, that only is there a hard target too. There's a kindergarten cop too um, that Dolph Lundgren did. So you know, yes. Yeah, I've not never seen that gem. I'm not, I'm I don't think I ever it. will. No, no, it's not. It's not one in my in my watch list. I have to admit, not not something I'm yeah. racing to see. But yes, we will definitely do a Schwarzenegger. Uh, mini retrospectives. I think it'd be well worth um, some under under um, underrated maybe, but so under underrepresented um, swatching of the films, and we'll talk about yeah. those. But anyway, Max, let's everyone let everyone know where they can find you, where they can hear you, and what you're up to, uh, and uh, yeah, they can check it out. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Maxi Burn. Uh, that's spelled M A X Y. B-Y-R-N-E. Uh, if you go there, uh, there's links to sort of the different sites. I write reviews and comic book reviews and articles for. Um, you can also check out my podcast, Mandatory Marvel and DC, which is on the Comics in Motion um, network feed. If you uh, just type that into your podcast, catch out Comics in Motion, it'll come up on there. There's something... It's a, a litany of shows on that network. Mine's mm. just one of them. There's loads. There's something dropping every day, all different kinds of stuff, pop culture related, whatever you're, you're into. You'll probably find something there that's up your, right up your alley. So by all means, check that out. And the Twitter page for that is at Comics in Motion P. Yeah. Uh, if you go there, it tells you what's going on. So check those two out. Say hello. And uh, yeah, all good stuff. Do it indeed. And as you say, right below in the notes will be links to all of those as well. So go say hello to Max and go check out the Comics in Motion P. Uh, network their podcast i don't know say plethora of podcasts on that network is absolutely fantastic some really good content uh but from, from my point of view if you want to come talk to us if you want to talk to either of us like i say you know how to get hold of uh, max talks alone i'm sure you enjoy doing that uh, <laughs> if you want to come find me you can find me at 20th century geek on the twitters and then just if you've got all the other platforms all those other social medias just look for 20th century geek i'm on there you can come and find us and talk about action movies. Uh, but if you like what we're doing on the show, you enjoy what we're doing, you want to tell us, go to your podcast catcher, your podcast streaming service, whatever you use, and put a review in there. Tell us what you think, four stars, five stars preferably, but go and tell us all those reviews help us get up the charts, let people know who and where we are. And finally, if you really like what we're doing and you want to help us keep the lights on in 20th Century Towers, we have a Patreon. That's at Patreon slash 20CG Media. We do a whole bunch of stuff on there. We've got a weekly podcast about uh, the Twilight Zone, which I'll do with Julian Darius from the other, from my other sister podcast, Stories at Time and Space. I do a monthly podcast called 30 Minute Thoughts and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces and behind the scenes stuff and chats and all kinds of things. So go check that out. Really appreciate everyone that does that. So ladies and gentlemen, and Max, thank you very much for joining us on the show. And uh, we shall talk again soon. Mm-hmm.